All right, then. Welcome back to Boom. No, not Boom Talk Studios. She is so cold these days, her head's all spun. Eagle's Nest 2 Studios on a very cold, wintry day in March. Fox Trotting in the Foxhole, Season 5, Episode 19, number 147 overall. Your faithful host, Ken Harlan here. Another weekly dive into what's happening in sports from the perspective of the foxhole. As always, we thank the folks at www.purplepinet.com. Next, Lord, for the tunes provided in the podcast. We also would like to thank the folks at Road and Zoom for providing wonderful tools for content creation. For folks like myself that are pumping out good content every week. If you want to support the podcast and, or somebody else, please do. You can support this one by ftinfx at gmail.com or on Anchor or Spotify, wherever you're watching this podcast. If you don't, no biggie. Just want to say, hey, once again, ftinfx at gmail.com. Okay, all the uh, you know ancillary stuff that we had to get out of the way at the beginning. Let's get, let's get cracking. The COVID Chronicles. Well, interesting week in COVID land. We see places like California, I think Oregon. This I just watching the news here locally, getting ready to roll back its emergency. Even though it still hasn't happened in the U.S., I think even here in Oregon, it's going to be about a month where even the folks that are still having the required to wear masks are not going to have to do that anymore. But things are changing, although you want the wonder, as I spoke about in the opening, how the damn cold it's been. You know, I was right, it's been on the verge of snowing, but it seems like, you know, it's probably only been about, a, it's probably been 10 days or so. We had one good day, maybe a day and a half in there, but yeah, crazy. You know, we're rolling back, but yet it's like this extreme cold and you never know with all the other, with the, with the triple threat still looming. Anyways, what do we got here this week? Well, I think another, I talked last week, if you remember, you were listening to the podcast, uh, as far as what did we learn from COVID about the guy who had the uh, little tirade or insightful piece, whatever. But another output of how COVID's changing things you know, the big news in the NFL this week, combine, or well, at least that's where the focus is. And a lot of coaches and staffs are opting not to attend the scouting combine. You know, because back in COVID, if you remember, a lot of this stuff was done with staffs doing it via Zoom or Google Meets or whatever, you know, WebEx, whatever tool they're using. But bottom line is, is a lot of these coaches, staffs, or Organizations are basically saying there are a lot of other ways to extract the data these days, and you don't really need to have a whole staff there, given you know the ability to communicate, you know, with these platforms that I just mentioned. Kind of interesting stuff, yeah. And then you've got some pandemic residue, is what we'll call it, and I found this one to be kind of interesting. This is like a Canadian study that suggests. After the pandemic, they're claiming girls are more likely to abandon participating in sports. And what they're seeing up there in Canada is it's a 10 to 15%. Now, made me wonder what is 
driving that. Uh, because it's, because on the one hand, the sports that are actually going, even at the high school level, you, you see a level of enthusiasm, even though watching some of these games of OHS, Oregon High School, some on the local news, not drawing a lot of fans at some of these games, which is kind of interesting. And I'm wondering, you know, is that something that COVID has brought about? Or, you know, there's just too much competition to be not family and friends. But I think it's interesting that in Canada, they're talking maybe a 10 to 15% reduction of women who, you know, young women who abandon sports. And that's unfortunate. Okay, what else do we have here? Well, an interesting story, you know, because I keep telling you about these mandates being rolled back. Well, I guess, you know, probably this up like the last two or three weeks. And this is not the case with WTVM in Columbus, Georgia. Now, they fired long-term sports anchor Dave Plata for refusing to get vaxxed. Now, I guess they offered him some severance and some other parting incentives, but he's like, you know... This happened at this happened at some time in the at the end of 2021, and unlike some places who were trying to rehire folks, you know, obviously this issue is doubling down, and this guy's thinking, you know, screw this, you know, he's suing it, and I think that the station's going to try to retreat from his position because, I mean, this guy's been in the business down in that region for like 36 years, you know, and all of a sudden was out of a job. Now, I'm not here to, to talk about the right or wrong of that. You know, obviously, this pandemic has been a very fluid situation. We keep an eye on that. But yeah, he's like saying, hey, I'm fighting for my life here. And I, I, I get that. I mean, not fighting for his life, but his livelihood. And, you know, after six years, he's like said, you know what? I don't want to sell it, but you all need to like reinstate me because I was wrongly terminated over this nonsense. Yeah, battle, battle urge, I mean, rages on there. You know, some folks are, you know, having some forgiveness and bringing folks back on. Others are maintaining the position. Like, and saying, no, if you don't want to get vax, no soup for you. Of course, another week, the Conspiracy Channel marches on. A couple of, you know, athletes who passed away this week. And as always, the vultures come to the internet just... Yeah, man, got the jab, got the jab. The jab's killing people. When are you people going to wake up as to what the jab is doing? Seriously doubt that's why. You know, if you've been following this, follow sports like I do, obviously I do a podcast, you'll know that people in their 20s and 30s and even high school have been passing away unexpectedly of cardiac, aneurysms, strokes, all kinds of weird anomalies, you know, usually some hidden def defect or something like that that nobody was able to catch. But it does not have anything to do with folks being vaccinated. Somebody can show me some evidence to where that is actually true. Yeah, I'm looking at you, Surgeon General of Florida that we talked about last week. Fine, I'll hop on the bandwagon, but I'm not seeing that. I mean, people are brutal. I mean, right, if you see... Uh, Today's show host, Savannah Guthrie, she was on briefly, but you know apparently they do test every time they go on the air. While she was on the air doing the opening stories, sounding all raspy, apparently they said you were positive and yanked her. Of course, people were just, she's, this is like the third time she's had it, apparently. 
Now, obviously, that didn't stop Megan Kelly from just laughing and cackling, which we'll get to a little bit later. I think you know where I'm going with that in TMCA time. But yeah, third time she's tested for positive, positive for COVID. Hope that she gets well sooner because the other co-host is Mr. Hoda is missing as well. I'm not sure if that's COVID related or not. One of the things that you have to wonder, are we actually getting this right in terms of all the things we've learned during the pandemic? I mean, there was all of this talk about a winter surge. And as I just pointed out, you know, that with La Nina and it being really damp and viciously cold, just snowing in places where it shouldn't. I mean, crap, snow in Vegas, snow in the Hollywood sign. Come on, y'all. Snow, you know, in the Bay Area. But we haven't had the big surge. And there's been plenty of events that you would say would be super spreader type of situations, and that really hasn't materialized. So we know it's still out there. We know people are still getting sick. But obviously, we must be doing something right. You know, with building up our immunities, taking the precautions, because we haven't had a big surge, and hopefully it stays that way as we move out of winter close to spring, even though winter's just saying, at least here, hell no, I ain't going anywhere for a bit. Y'all just better, you know, prepare to pay more on your electric bill. Hey, how about Woody uh, Harrelson? I guess, you know, speaking of the conspiracies, you know, I guess he had like a, a, a anti-vax, you know, Phil monologue on, on SNL and had both sides just bouncing off the walls. I didn't quite see that. I need to check that out. Maybe I'll talk a little bit more about that. Just love how certain people are just doubling down when they get the opportunity. I mean, and they're like definitely strutting like peacocks. Okay. Now, another big story as far as this goes this past week. How about the Department of Energy? saying that this virus did originate from a leak from the Wuhan lab. And that's an interesting debate as well, with both sides of the spectrum totally debating the legitimacy of this theory. You know, we got Jon Stewart, you know, and the folks at the, you know, it was like CNC, see? Then you've got folks like the New York Times, WAPO, who are like debunking it, like, hey, we've already proven, you know, these theories about the leaks. Yeah. Can't wait to get more data. You know, me personally, I ha you know, as I've said many times before, someone that was a long hauler with this, you know, I, and the way this thing behaves, yeah, I believe it's man-made, you know, and that's just based on my experiences of how I saw this thing behave in my own system. But we'll see. Time will tell. The debate rages on. All right, before we go, just got this one. I'm not sure what, what the cause was. I just saw... Him with Steve Kimmock, you know, in this picture, but David Lindley passes away. Um, you know, famous for Jackson Brown and other folks, you know, a master of the slide guitar, passed away today at 79, I believe. You know, cru cruising and bruising it by Mercury 49, man. Anyways, we're losing far too many of our icons, at least people I grew up with, and there are people who've made great contributions to, you know, the legacy of rock and roll and popular music. You know, so, and we've lost another one. All right, folks, we'll be cranking with the high view above campus on the other side.
eight that time. Well, well, well. Yeah, we've been a little bit battered this week. So I don't know if I'm ready for the adult beverages, even though I am going to go see Humphreys McGee, apparently, if my foot cooperates and the weather's not too bad. Maybe I'll have some adult beverages then. But before I get to do Humphreys, I'm going to have to, like, you know, gather my peeps up, you know, get our, not our sunglasses, that's for sure, but get our hipster winter coats, take our sunny, or wishing it was sunny vibes, and maybe, you know, get through TSA, get on our Gulfstream 650, and maybe fly somewhere quickly where it is warm, wherever that might be right now, nowhere west apparently, but let's take a high view above campus. Okay, back, you know, uh, bookends, we, we close the last segment out with, you know, homage to David Lindley, and we have another on, on, the, on the front of this one, with former UVA coach, the University of Virginia, Terry Holland, who passed away at 80. He was the coach back when Ralph Sampson and the Cavaliers were a, a powerhouse challenging Maryland with Lynn Bias and obviously all the bad boys at Carolina. Our condolences go out to his family and the, and the uh, Cavalier family and all that good stuff. Okay, as far as hoops go, yeah, let's see here. We had ASU stunning Arizona Number seven, Arizona, with a long-range buzzer beater. That was like Saturday. We'll give the Ducks a little props. They gave Uncle Phil, as I told you about his birthday last week, number 85, gave him a nice birthday gift with a walk-off win at the Guild Coliseum, taking down the Beavers in the Civil War. Yes, that's what I call it, the Civil War. Get over it, folks. And, you know, also mentioned that UCLA wins the Pac-12 for the first time in a decade, which is another interesting thing given that we associate the Pacific Conference and success with, with UCLA, that they hadn't won the conference in, in a decade. And they've had some pretty decent teams in that run. Houston remains the top dog as we are in March now. And for the 36th week in a row, South Carolina sits alone in the penthouse on the, on the women's side. No surprise there. Although I would be remiss. You know, I've been watching this on TV all day. I'm still trying to figure out the whole thing with Antoine Davis, Mike Davis' son. You know, Mike Davis, who took over for Bobby Knight after Bobby Knight was ran out of Bloomington. I actually was watching that documentary for a little bit, the 30 for 30. Anyways, I know with COVID, he's had a chance to play in way more games and way more minutes. And then it's again one of those old school, new school things. He's on the verge of setting the NCAA record. He came up three points short. They're 14 and 19, so they want to play in, you know, what is that? That, that, that tournament that you buy your way into. What is it? The, C, is it the CBB or CIA? I, I can't even remember now. I know I, I went to it in its early years here at Mac Knight when uh, I think they were playing my alma mater. I think my alma mater was in it. But anyway, a 14 and 19. Yeah, okay, you know, if the school wants to pay the money, I would I would put an asterisk by it, you know, because obviously Pistol Pete played in an era where you didn't have the three-point line and all that stuff, but people will push back and say, well, yeah, this is back when the SEC was segregated and you didn't have a lot of people of color playing, so I don't know. I, I just, you know what, if, that, if Detroit Mercy wants to, like, 
in their 14 and 19 record, so this guy can get the record and they can get some recognition. Okay, I ain't down with it, but it's not, you know, the worst thing that can happen in this world, if you ask me. Okay, enough of that. Now, Charlie Baker takes over as head of the NCAA. We talked about him, you know, a few weeks back, former athlete, Ivy Leaguer, and all that good stuff. But what a job he really has ahead of him. You know, one, you know, like the new old order, and there's been some great commentary from people in terms of, you know, the intent of what NIL was supposed to be and why it's really just become ways for collectives to go out and buy players and, and fortify the already strong programs that have lots of resources. Um, you know, the question that I get, and there's, as I told you in the previous week, there's, there's cases that are going on right now where arguments are being heard. And you have to wonder, at least I don't, I, for me, I don't wonder anymore. In order for the NCAA to stay relevant and have a say in how things are going to go moving forward, they need to reach out to Congress. In that same way as I've talked about before, like with baseball and the NFL, when you have a problem, sometimes you don't want Congress to get involved, but I think you need a higher authority than the university presidents and these conference presidents and the networks who are quietly wrestling this thing away. And yeah, it, the stuff that's going on, we've talked about it. We don't need to go too deep as far as the new world order and how it's basically Dodge City, and the, the consequences are already cropping up, as we've talked about, and I'll bring up here in a minute. All that money, y'all. Another thing I thought was interesting, you know, with, aside from Mr. Baker taking over the NCAA, was a study by the Institute of Diversity and Ethics in Sport. And this was done by the University of Central Florida. And this basically confirms what we already knew to be true. What do I mean by this? Well, Division One, right? It's just like the NFL when it comes to diversity with coaches and administrative roles. Now, you could make the argument that they are slightly better than the Shield, as in the NFL, but gee whiz, you know, how, how you know, with, that meant what I, I forget how many Division One institutions there are versus thirty-two NFL teams. I mean, we're talking you know hundreds. And point being, like I've said many times on this podcast before, this is an area where people just need to do better. And I don't know whether you fix this by really establishing programs that give people an opportunity or the tools and the knowledge to where they can be good candidates to move into the, to these professions. I mean, it's it's obviously not about, well, yeah, man, I could play and I could carry, carry my rep. Very few people can pull off what Dion has been able to do getting himself into Colorado in a position to turn that program around as far as, you know, former athletes concerned, of any color for that matter. So, yeah, I think it has to be changed on so many different, you know, right? It's weird though, right? You think they would make far more progress considering when you, when you talk about the Ivy Tower being so woke and SJW focused, you know, it's it's such a Trojan horse in terms of still the good old boy network that that exists as far as 
when you look at who gets the coaching jobs and who gets you know jobs with you know the AD department or right the I don't know how you what I want to call that because you know there's the athletic directors they have their staffs as well and the numbers just aren't good and given that most of the talent you know, uh, 65 to 70 percent just like in every other sport it's kind of you know there's a disparity and while I always sustain using the field hands comment it sure does have that appearance doesn't it anyways we'll be keeping an eye on that speaking of the NCAA and its quest to remain relevant they are eyeing changes to shorten the games this on the citing safety and fan interest and this is you know no longer stopping the clock after you know first downs in less than the final two minutes and some other ways to speed the game up well what do i think about that um as somebody who doesn't go to duck games anymore because what what what, what, what a duck game what what is a duck game over at Austin not what is it not four and a half, five hours of game time? And then, you know, all the tailgating and getting out of there, right? It just becomes a real And I can apply that in, in, in certain ways because it just, you, it, when you're at these games, I remember the last game I went to, it was just like going, gee whiz. So the whole safety thing, yeah, okay, whatever you say that, I would like to believe that's true. You know, but I think you're mainly getting pressure from the networks because these games run over to something else and or or another barkey matchup and we're trying to tidy things up. Anyways, we'll see how that plays out this fall. Okay. That was also interesting to hear Florida State athletic director Michael Alford. Pretty, pretty cranky. You know, and basically Got guide me. I don't think told you last week, you know, about how the network was getting was pretty outspoken, and he's thinking the same thing. Basically, the ACC needs to do something in order to, to keep pace with the SEC and the Big Ten. They feel there's that much of a of a gap, and I don't know what you do other than make your alumni kick out more money and set up more collectives, because otherwise. You know, you're not sexy enough to get the kind of, you know, media rights deals that those two conferences have. They don't know what's going to happen with the Pacific Conference yet. But I think it's kind of interesting that he's one of many growing voices in terms of like, yo, man, we need to get a bigger piece of the pie or we will not be able to compete. Now, this one kind of cracks me up. You know, when we go back to the whole NIL thing and how... People are like, Miss Olivia. You know, and the Cavender twins. Well, what do you think about the time restriction proposed this week? That those under 18 will only be able to use TikTok for, what is it, 30 to 45 minutes? Now, I don't know how you can enforce that. And I know there's got to be a way around it. But even if there are ways to lock it down, isn't that going to impact certain people who are using TikTok as a way of pushing their likeness forward? Especially when you talk about folks who are freshmen and sophomores or coming out of high school. Definitely want to keep an eye on that. 
Okay, lastly, close this segment off. Big news in Westwood. Apparently, they are happy with the job that Chip Kelly has done. You know, obviously, I told you about the Bruins' success a little bit earlier on the ho- on, the, on the hardwood. Well, they're making that Chip Kelly is the guy to do that as they extend him to 2027. I was kind of wondering what was going to happen there, and you know, give the folks at Westwood props for staying on the course, and Chip's done a good job there. Okay, we'll be back with something interesting on the other side. sitting back here having a little fun watching the Celtics and the Nets. Time for one of our favorite segments, something you should probably know, or things that went on in the world of sports this past week you might want to hear about or care about. Yeah, see what we got here. Well, 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 Jake Paul, yes, indeed. We're talking about him far too much. Finally, he met somebody who actually was not an MMA fighter out there making a payday, which is a glorified exhibition. He actually fought a real fighter in Tommy Fury. And, you know, this is over in Saudi. Split decision with Jake Paul absorbing his first loss. I think it went 74-75, 76-73, 76-73. Skip Bayless thinks Jake Paul actually won. I didn't see the fight, but, you know, obviously Paul was able to knock Fury down a couple of times, apparently. I guess the main thing, I guess I want to know, does this mean that this Paul sensation is extinguished and we probably won't hear as much about him? I'm going to say probably not, because this fight was so close, you know there's going to be a rematch and this will probably be a trilogy. And given that Boxing has to do whatever it can to actually get in the on anybody, on anybody's not tenth page, let alone front page, or even get in a podcast like mine. So yeah, this is not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah, this is something to talk about. Speaking of something to talk about, what do we think about John Jones returning to the octagon? As we have UFC 285 this week. Or tomorrow, actually. He's going to be fighting Cyril Gain. Uh, he's moving up quite a bit from like 205 to, you know, the heavyweight, which is 265. I think he's coming in at like 248, 250. Ought to be an interesting bout. You know, he's obviously, you know, one of the most decorated fighters in UFC history. So be looking forward to talking about how that turns out. Some other interesting fights on the card as well. Okay, let's go to golf. Obviously, with my injury, I'm kind of cranky. I can't take advantage of golf plus just adding TPC sawgrass. Be looking forward to playing that when I get healthy. But let's talk about some real golf, shall we? Well, let's start with the live. 
And Charles Howell winning the live event in Mexico. Why is that interesting? Well, it was televised on the CW. And guess what? The PGA event, the Honda at the Bear Trap, had 10 times more views. Does it mean anything? I'm not sure yet. I think, you know, you've heard some people in their critique of the live telecast that it's hard to follow. I'm going to chalk this up to their finding their footing. And, you know, you have to still think, oh, yeah, let's see CW Network. Not really doing a good job of promoting it. I'm not going to read too much into it yet other than the live and it's no generating a profit. Just needs to do a little bit better of getting the word out there. I think people will watch just out of curiosity. But it sure didn't happen last weekend. Kind of interesting, speaking of the Honda, that I didn't know this. It was like the longest running sponsorship of an event, and now they're backing out. You get some more deal, data on that in terms of why they are. I mean, but they've been part of this event for like 42, 43 years, I believe. Now that's coming to an end. Crazy. By the way, Chris Kirk wins for the first time in eight years, which brought a lot of people up to like, who? I mean, and basically, yeah, this is why we need, why it lives cool, because spreading it out allows something like this to happen and people choosing the events that they're going to play in, which brings us to the next thing. Kind of interesting to see that the PGA now is going to, for elevated events, whatever the hell that means, they're going to impose no cuts and reduce fills. You know, what the hell? Bigger purse? Nobody can get cut. There's Nobody's going to be cut from the fill. So, you know, the live is already, you know, changing the way the structure is for the structure is for golf. And as I've said before, there's lots of opportunities for a lot of people to make money. And many people have come out and said that even the ones, you know, on the PGA side are like, yeah, you know, this is creating more opportunities and giving us a way to look at making the game better and more profitable. Not rocket science, right? People tell you what's what isn't rocket science either. Man, somebody cooled that John Rom guy off. Well, he had like a 65 yesterday at Bay Hill, you know, Arnold's tournament. I mean, this guy's just on another level, right? And, and I forget they were saying that, you know, in terms of you know the, the number of rounds that he's already had, you know, 60, you know, 65 or lower, right? Just, I mean, torching. Let's see, I'm just looking over here real quick. Why I'm kind of stumbling on my words. And what we have here, where is he at today? Obviously, slow this guy, Kitayama, who's nine under. It was four under to, again today. It was suspended, you know, got Jordan Speed. So that's probably why I'm not seeing Mr. Rom's name so far. Yeah. Well, actually, he kind of stumbled today. After having 65, he went plus four. So we'll have to see how that plays off. You know, we'll be talking about it. A lot of cool stuff going on in the tournament, which means that, you know, if Rom's doubling, then Roy or Scotty Sheffer could reclaim the top ranking. Be looking forward to checking a little bit of that. You know, you got Adam Scott also trying to make a run as well. Jordan Spieth at minus seven. Zander Schaffle. So Patrick Cantley. Gonna be a fun weekend as far as golf goes. We're always happy to see that. 
percolate this time of year as we move closer and closer to Augusta. Hopefully, EA Sports drops the road to Augusta here soon. You know, being all the trailers that are coming out looks really cool. Love by the uh, how the graphics are looking. They did a pretty good job there. Okay, what else do I got? Um, jeez. Okay, we were at Fontana last time. Actually, the last rodeo there, which I thought was kind of surprising, but they're going to come back with a short track here in 2027. But for now, the Auto Club Pilot Casino 400, Kyle Busch in the eight car looking hell dominant, right? Yeah, this wasn't, you know, I caught probably maybe the last 25, 30 laps. But yeah, looking very good. Richard Childress is smiling away, as you know, right? That the eight car is actually, like Wendell Jr., about becoming a force. So good things going on there for RCR. Okay, let's see. What else do I have? How about Under Armour inking a big deal with the XFL? Well, all I can say about that is hopefully that goes better than the UCLA experiment went. I mean, they're going to hopefully, as I when I was reading the article about this, as far as getting the branding out there, you know, what we've seen, you know, so far with these leagues is kind of still hit or miss. I talked a little bit about that last week. But hopefully they can make some gear that's accessible price-wise, which will be a long ways into getting the message and the word out. Keep an eye on that. Okay, lastly, let's talk about Miss Vanessa. It's been a while since I brought her up. Okay, she gets $30 million in the lawsuit over the leaked photos. I know a lot of conversations about that. Be curious to see what she's going to do with it because you have, you know, the Kobe Hive, like, yeah, man, this will give you plenty of it. And others are like, really? You got enough money already. And you're going. You're still making money off of the bomba, but hey, let's put let's put it this way. We know what the Los Angeles Sheriff's Department did in that particular situation was very ugly. I don't know if it's thirty million dollars worth, but you know, obviously the taxpayers are the ones who are going to end up taking it on the chin on this one, unfortunately. Anyway. Hopefully that's all settled and she can go about building the Mamba and Mamba Sita Foundation and not have to deal with any more residual effects from the tragic 2020 crash that took away the code bloke from us. All right, folks, we'll be back. Speaking of you know, basketball, we'll talk some NBA beat on the other side. Yeah, good grief. With about four minutes and some change at the at the Bank North Garden, Celtics 26, Nets 10. Boy, the Nets are a mess ever since they blew that all up. And look at, you know, nobody plays deepest in this league. Good grief. All right. This, this, where shall we start? Let's start with Charles Barkley. All, all over the news this week. 
calling out KD, calling out league man- load management. It says it's disgraceful. Well, let's start with the whole load management thing. I've talked about that repeatedly, so he's right. You know, I think he's spot on as far as that goes. Um, there's going to be no way to, I don't know, shame folks into not doing it. As folks have pointed out, far too much money on the table now. Far too much, too much power in order to say, look, man, I ain't going tonight. Maybe they can find a compromise. I don't know. But yeah, I think CB, give him credit. People say he's a boomer. Now, the whole thing with calling out KD not being an all-time great if he doesn't win a title without help, I personally agree with that. But I also can appreciate KD comping back, saying, you know, these people want me to win a championship with Scott Anderson. Okay, you got a point there, Kevin. But you did go to a team that won 73 games, a team that knocked you out, that was loaded, is still in the mix, having won another championship without you, and in spite of them stumbling, as Stephen A. and Jalen Rose just said, they're dating of the dark horse to repeat. So, I get what you're saying, Katie, but just going to Phoenix with Book and CP3, you may not get the credit you deserve in that regard. You know, but then again, with Phoenix... And it's no champagne, kind of like LeBron and Cleveland and no champagne. You will get some props for that. But you're an all-time great. You're never going to get the respect that you deserve because you didn't, you know, take some beat-down team to the championship like Kobe and Powell did with a bunch of chumps. <laughs> you know, so, yeah, it sucks to be you. That's that. Kick him out of the penthouse? Not really, in my opinion. I mean, I don't, I don't, I've never put him on the same level as a Jordan, Magic, Bird, and those guys. Even though you, know, you can make the argument with Bird, you know, that, gee, look at the Hall of Famers that helped him build Larry Legend. Same with Magic. Except with Kobe, you know, he had Shaq. But, you know, being able to go to three finals, you know, basically getting Pau Gasol, they're getting ready to retire his jersey. Did you see they hung this big, giant 16 Laker jersey up at Barcelona, you know, in honor of him. It's cool. But then I get sidetracked on that. But, um, yeah, Kobe, what he did, you know, with Powell and basically a bunch of chumps, you know, going to the three finals, I look at KD and go, eh, you don't have that in your jacket, you know, because even when you were in OKC, right, you know, with Mr. Rass. We'll get to him in a second. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, let's see here. Quinn Snyder does sign the five-year contract to take the Atlanta Hawks. Question is, if they don't succeed, who's this on? Him or is it going to be on Mr. Young? Mr. Young got Mr. Nate sent to the unemployment line. Bringing in Quinn Snyder, who's very respected. See how that plays in a very contested East. Okay. So the whole wrestling, it started out crazy, right? Last week, when, after we got our podcast, the Kings beat the Clips in a 176-175 double overtime. Russ fouled out. Since then, they are 0-4. In fact, what did they say? That the last, including the Lakers, the last 10 games he's been in, they're 0-10. 
teams that, you know, he's games that he's played in. Ball don't lie, as they say. <laughs> right? Ball does not lie. And how the Lakers got out from under that and even the mess that they're going through, it seems a lot better without it. And I don't know what inspired Ty Lue and company to, to go that route. <laughs> I'm sure Kawhi's probably looking at himself going, man, with this guy, yeah. Talk about low management. I'm going to go with San Antonio style here. Just like that, nah, man. I ain't got time for this. Keep an eye on that. Not going well. Uh, John Morant, you know, first beefing with Mr. De'Aaron Fox, telling each other to check receipts, and now all this stuff about him beating some kid up then going to the mall with a gun, flexing. I don't know what to think about this Grizzlies team. You know, I've talked about them week in, week out. And this, you know, for somebody who's supposed to be, you know, the face of the next-gen NBA, I mean, even AI wasn't this reckless in, in his worst moments. It was kind of interesting watching um, Around the Horn earlier. And hearing Clinton Yates sort of try to defend him. You know, right? He's known him since you know he was in high school and knows his family. I don't care if you know his family. And, and the kind of reality we may be in now, as somebody else pointed out, have other people do your dirty business. Man, you have a chance. I mean, you're gonna be already making generational wealth, but you have a chance to do something legendary as opposed to us reading about you either in the Gray Bar Hilton or something far worse, getting ice. We saw what, what you know, doing, doing the thug life. How did that work out for Mr. Shakur? Right, you know, there's something about, you know, flexing in that world and the consequences that, you know, can come about because of it. Just saying. Okay. Speaking of the Celtics, Celtics and the Bucks are really going at it. That was a great game with the Sixers. You know, with Tatum, Tatum having the winner, and then Beave having that, you know, three-quarter shot that went in, waved off as he was a split second late. Bucks have won, what, 16 in a row? Giannis was like, yeah, even, you know, banged up for all of that. Yeah, the East is really shaping up to be quite to be something else. You have the Lakers rallying from 27 down to stun the Mavericks. I mean, teams were 0-138 when trailing by such a margin. So Kyrie and Luka stumbling. Then they combined for 84 last night. You know, right? Both of them posting 40. Big win over the aforementioned Sixers. Speaking of the Lakers, Braun hurts his feet. You know, that ongoing thing with foot problems. You know what? He's been in L.A. What, five seasons and four of the five He's broken down. I told you all, you needed to put him on a, res a minutes restriction and save him from himself. You can't save him from himself. You can't realistically expect him to withstand the rigors of an 82-game season. Not rocket science. Give the Lakers this, you know. Got a big win the other night against Oklahoma City. They played the Timberwolves tonight. Not sure of the story with AD because AD did not play against Oklahoma City. Got a big win. I love, you know, watching Schroeder and Austin Reeves. You know, my, my bias not aside. You know, they can steal a couple of games here 
and you know, let AD get healthy, they should be all right. This getting rid of Russ, as I said a few minutes ago, yeah, does wonders for you. I still expect the Lakers to make the playoffs. Yeah. Okay. Now, speaking of Jaw, you know, I was definitely hard on him, but boy, speaking of, you know, they played the Lakers the other night. I think he went 80. Uh, I guess they said it was planned, but I think, you know, when he went down that last time, he aggravated it. But how about Jaw going all Superman and basically single-handedly sending the Lakers to the showers with a loss they could not afford to, to absorb? You know, after, you know, peeing in the bed for a month, the Grizzlies are looking pretty formidable again. Not sure what this this Dylan Brooks is trying to do, aside with, you know, the whole thugging thing, but now he's trying to outdo killer coups with the outfits. Man, these guys are just ridiculous. But hey, you know what? It's expression, so, you know, be who you be. Okay, then we've got Dame Dallahada dropping 71 in 39 minutes. 13 threes. A lot of discussion about him this week with his loyalty to Portland. And as I've said all along, I can respect it. I really can. You know, I know some folks think he should have taken his talents to a different, or forced his way to a, a bigger stage. But there's nothing wrong with staying with a team, especially given the love Portland has for its team and its players. So, yeah, it's okay, right? You know, you this is the bed he chose to sleep in. You know, I think we need to just put away that talk about it's a shame. You know, Dame is Portland in this in this generation of Trailblazers, and you know, I don't know if they can make a run given just that the other there's there's too much firepower. You know, you saw that even in the bubble. You know, when they played the Lakers, but you know what? He's cool with it, and you know, Portland. And the Trailblazer fan base are the better because of it. So, you know, and 71 and 39 minutes. Yeah, he's, he's cooking. Um, speaking of KD, he scores 23 in his debut. It was against the Hornets, so I don't know. I'm not going to go overboard like everybody else's as far as that goes, right? Too bad for the ball boys, huh? You know. Can't get Lonzo on the court. And now you have Melo, who fractures his, his ankle Monday night. Tough year for them. Obviously, LeVar has, doesn't have a lot to say there. Okay, then you've got Max Kellerman. Does he have a point about the Nets and their collapse? Is being bad for the Knicks fans. With the premise being with Brooklyn's implosion that basically Dolan can go back to ignoring his responsibility to fill the quality product. Well, that may be true. But hey, the Knicks are really balling right now. They've won seven in a row, nine out of ten. The Garden's definitely bumping. If it wasn't for the Bucks winning sixteen, that would be sixteen in a row. That would be the story. Yeah. All right. Lastly, so was Giannis out of line with his jab at Durant on the Daily Show? Well, he's got a ring. He's got a ring. Yeah, it was still in jest. Um, I guess we'll, it would be one of those things to where we will check the receipts later. But since he does have a ring and they've won 17 in a row, and he was having a little bit of fun and it was a script given to him, I'm not going to be too hard on the freak as far as that goes. But 
When it comes to playoff time, you better back that up because you know the internet doesn't forgive. All right, folks, we'll be back with something cool on the other side, like some night full of diamonds and ice rink of life. Yeah, all right. Welcome back to the Foxhole. Episode 147 overall. All right, let's kick it in high gear. World Baseball Championships are coming up. Opening day's a month away. So let's get our night full of diamonds going here. So one of the great questions that came up this past week, should MLB ditch the traditional NLAL configuration for a geographical realignment that makes sense, as many now are suggesting would be better. I thought long and hard about this. And initially, I was aghast. Yes, I am a traditional National League dive in the wool 1876 kind of guy. But the game that we talked about this last week, you know, the whole Ken Burns thing, you know, where they always bring up that the game resembles what was played in the 1840s. Well, what's going on now isn't. And whether you like it or not, change is definitely here, and it's going to probably change even more as time moves on. So with that in mind, I'm less resistant to something that makes more sense. That, yeah, we've kind of done away with, with the DH in both leagues and all this other stuff. Yeah, it you know... The semblance of the two leagues, it's definitely dissolved away. So if they wanted to reconfigure this along geographic lines, that wouldn't be the worst thing that ever happened. Okay? Roses are red. It's cold in Eugene right now. <laughs> are we surprised that the MLBPA insists they will resist any attempts to institute a salary cap to level off wages? Well, given the amount of big contracts and extensions, you know, Manny Machado is about to sign an 11-year, $350 million extension with the Padres. Of course, they don't want a salary cap. Yeah, when you can lock in for that kind of money, yeah, they're going to resist that as long as they can. Nothing surprising there. That was kind of interesting that along those lines, I saw an article this week, made me go, wow. It's like MLB lobbying the block, the minor leagues, from getting at least the minimum wage in like Florida. And we do know that a owner did donate a million dollars to DeSantis' campaign as a thank you. Well, that's what the article says. I don't know how true that is, but you got to wonder. You're going to fork away a million. But yeah, you figure... The whole idea of keeping minor leaguers, especially in Florida, you know, at a slave wage level, must they must be cool with that. After all, got to pay everybody in the big clubs. Yeah, we'll keep an eye on that. Bad break for the Dodgers as infielder Gavin Lux is lost for the season with a torn ACL. Already with the changes in that lineup, I think they can ill afford this. But then again... How, given that, 
the job they've done with their farm system over the years as they've always done, but they've actually gotten back to a par on, on par with where they were back in the in the Dodgers' glory days, Brooklyn and all the way into Los Angeles. It may not be as big of an issue, but yes, it's not surprising that some folks have the Dodgers finishing second or third, you know, with only 85 or 86 wins, which, as I've said before, given the success that they've had over the last decade and a half, sooner or later, you're going to have a leveling off season. This may be it. Then again, they may win 100 games out of nowhere. Just You never know with this bunch. Okay, that's what's going on at the Diamond. Yeah, kind of quiet this week, so let's go over to the Ice Week of Life. Big deal with Patrick Kane, the longtime Chicago Blackhawks star, going to the Rangers, going to Broadway. You know, I saw Will Bond and other big Blackhawk fans sharing, shedding a tear. You always hate to see someone who's been kind of the face of a franchise going someplace else, especially you know, after 16 years. You know, we know the whole thing with Gretzky, and you know, it's still kind of trippy that, yeah, dude, he was, he was on the Kings and the Rangers and all that other kind of stuff. But yeah, this is the way things go. Another thing I thought was interesting, Jonathan Quick, you know, obviously won two rings with the Kings, getting sent to Columbus. That was kind of a shocker, yeah. Okay. How about props to Edmonton's Connor McDavid? 50 goals in 61 games. He's had, I don't know how many games where he's had multiple goals in. Pretty impressive. The thing is, when I think of 50 and 61, I guess I take a step back and just go, and I'm just so impressed about what Wayne Gretzky did in that epic season. You know, he scored 50 goals in 39 games. If you want, if people who weren't old enough or wasn't, weren't paying attention to the NHL back then, that's why he's the great one, because 50 and 61 is pretty solid. But think about it. He scored 50 goals in 39 games. I think when he ended up with 92 in that season, 212 points overall. Yeah, you talk about the great one. Okay, how about this whole thing with Keandre Miller? Getting a, getting a three-game suspension for spitting on the L.A. Kings' Drew Doherty. Claims it was an accident. Right. Unless you've got speaking trouble, do you really want us to believe that was an accident? Come on, man. You know, when you get into the whole spitting thing, you know, that, that, that could lead to some volatile stuff. So I'm kind of glad that the league steps in here, slaps... You know, three-game suspension, because obviously he made some kind of a compelling argument that it wasn't malicious, but hey, we got to give you something. But it's kind of the kind of behavior you kind of want to not be associated with. So if, 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 if it was an accident, man, you got to be better. But you're trying to convince me that it was. Come on, man. All right. I said it's quiet, but it's not going to be for much longer, you know, with the WBC coming up. You know, we've got spring training, and you got a lot of talk with the rules going on. It's kind of interesting, actually, you know, watching the players. And I talked about the MLBPA, you know, that kind of didn't resist this or played along with it. And now you have people who are having some second thoughts about some of these rule changes. Well, I think we'll let it play out a little bit until the regular season. But I don't think this is being embraced universally 
But then again, you also have someone like Tim Kirchin who came on ESPN the other day and was really flowering about, hey, games have been, you know, there's been games that have been two and a half hours, right? Um, you know, the pitchers like it. I know Max Scherzer had a lot of wonderful things to say and let Schilling, you know, echo last week. And only people that suck are going to have a problem with it. So definitely time will tell as far as um, how these changes are going to affect the big picture. Anyways, we'll talk about it in the coming weeks. See you on the other side. All right, then. Welcome back to the foxhole. A lot later on, as far as these segments are concerned, we started this out on Friday, now it's Sunday. Having a major weather event here, which kind of reshuffled the deck a little bit. So that means there's all kinds of crazy stuff that's been going on. Big UFC, as I told you. Lot, the next episode is going to be pretty fat. Some big things happen. Liverpool putting up a, a seven-burger on United. This Suns-Mavericks game that's going on right now. KD lighting, lighting it up. Luca and Booker having a few words. So all kinds of interesting stuff for sure coming up in episode 148 that we'll definitely be distilling. But let's wrap things up for 147. We've got a couple more segments here. So let's go to, to the beautiful game life. As I just mentioned about Liverpool having some big success yesterday. PSG had a big win, LAFC, all kinds of crazy stuff. But there was a lot that happened last week that we still have to get to. Unfortunately, we have a somber start with an RIP to French footballer, Just Fontaine, who scored an amazing 13 goals in the 1958 World Cup. Also a PSG legend. I had to get that in there. But yeah, you know, definitely a lot of tributes from you know all of the football family. That's football proper for you folks that get your, you know, neck on a twitch about such things. This on a more happier side. Well, I don't not happier because it's you know very tragic as well. What's happened over there in you know Turkey and Syria and all that stuff. The big earthquakes, but the fans from Besiktas flooding the pitch with stuffed animals for children. Great sight and a week of great sights. See the beautiful scenes in St. Louis last night as they played their opener. Talk about that coming up here next week. Also tell you that Mr. Messi snares another award, being tabbed as FIFA's Footballer of the Year. Look, after winning the World Cup, you know, which was a major... I mean, as far as making him go, it's it it. You know, it was a major thing that was missing on his resume. Something that he had always gotten, you know, a lot of grief for. But you could see how he had been sandbagging. Then when he took care of things last year, and then this year in the big international competitions, hoping it translates to PSG. But anyways, not surprising. And plenty of time for Mbappe and Mr. Helan and others to collect hardware, as Mr. Messi and Mr. Ronaldo got some great comments about people remarks on how chubby Ronaldo is looking these days. I'm like, he's making bad bank 
Yeah. Just mop and shop in the Saudi League. So what motivation would my man have to be, you know, peak Ronaldo as far as you know his physique and all that stuff? And then he's raining down goals. I think it's definitely double digits in his last four or five games. Has got some hat tricks. So, yeah. Um, even though United did take it on the chin today, they did add another trophy to the case, winning the Caribou Cup taking out Newcastle. Newcastle fans were enjoying what happened to United today, but I'm like saying, you know, you can try to make this cup insignificant. Trophy's a trophy. And had you all wanted Newcastle fans, you'd have been cabbage patching. But instead, United has another trophy to the case. A lot going on yesterday. But, you know, Chelsea redeemed themselves yesterday, but they did not look good when we were watching them last weekend when the Spurs chopped them up. I mean, it's a mess. They're kind of right at the ship, I guess. I mean, the Gunners are have gotten a couple of impressive wins because they've reasserted their lead as far as the title goes. Kind of like that Liverpool showing a pulse, definitely, after people talking about Klopp out and all kinds of other nonsense. Yeah. So I think it's still five. I haven't looked at the t at the EPL table, the Bundesliga. Um, the BBB got a bit you know, started the weekend last weekend with a huge win, and of course all this talk about Union Berlin and Bayern that matchup. You know, I actually sat down to got and watched that, and yeah, not ready for prime time as far as Union Berlin goes. Bayern definitely asserted its muscle. Mr. Thomas Mueller and Leon Gortzka and company. Over Syria, you know, rinse, wash, and repeat. Napoli totally doing its thing, right? Looking good in Champions League. It's kind of funny watching them lose, though, Friday. The Lazio rose to the occasion and got a big win. But the way Napoli's playing, you know, that's just, you know, a slight pothole on the road to glory. We have to wonder how far they can go. I keep asking that question every week. As Champions week League resumes this week for UEFA and CONCACAF. Exciting times there. Tune in, folks, if you can. Over at La Liga, Barca's still doing its number. We got a big win today. We weren't so happy last week when they lost to Elmira. In fact, Zavi called them out. He said it was the worst performance of the season by far. You know, I think they've got some injuries and a lack of focus, especially after being locked, knocked out of Europe. They're doing all right. I mean, Real Madrid still isn't making a dent. Um, you know, they had, they did have, they did have an El Clasico in the Copa del Rey, and you know, that yeah, they beat what was it, one zero on an own goal. So we'll see what happens. Should be a nice six weeks of football left as far as who ends up winning the La Liga crown over in League One. All of a sudden, depends on what happens here in a few minutes with um, Marseille, but PSG at one point, only up by two, is now leading by double digits. I mean, the big thing there is they went to Marseille and dismantled them, and probably their best performance. No Neymar, no, Neymar won't be there for Bayern either. But Mbappe and Messi making magic. Um, crazy game yesterday. We'll talk about a little more about that next week. But I should know that Mbappe got his 201st goal, becomes 
the all-time leading scorer, passing Edison Cavani, Salatan, only 24, and he's already PSG's all-time leading scorer. Think about that. Yeah, sizzling. Okay, so now basically have two weeks of MLS in the books, but let's look at week one first. Um, you know, St. Louis won last night, and they won their opener, going to Austin and getting a shocking 3-2 win. You know, look at the stadium, look at the energy behind that club. There's some cool things going on there. I think we can all, all you know, universally agree as far as that's concerned. And we'll see, you know, LAFC and Atlanta United and Austin, to a certain degree, have shown that you can come out of the gate swinging. And that, that's basically what happened there. Uh, Nashville City and their Johnny Carson Black, they got a big win over New York City. Bob Bradley's really on the hot seat because TFC's just not, you know, you know, losing to you know DC United. I don't know what happened last night, but I know that you know getting some uh, commentary um, from Apple TV. They the, the pundits seem to think Bob Bradley his tenure in Toronto may not last as long as it did in Los Angeles. Right. Also had the Rebs. Inter Milan, who also won last night, Cincinnati, the Loons, Real Salt Lake, Orlando City, all getting big wins. Big Another big story, El Trafico being washed out because of the historic rains and snow hitting the Southland. So LAFC didn't get the play till yesterday, which they got a big 3-2 win and another thrilling matchup with the Timbers. But, you know, we'll get to that. Speaking of the Timbers, they did get a big win on Monday night as that was pushed back due to weather. Um, you know, main thing, and Seattle also, looking to that, now that they've got Connor Calf in their trophy case, Connor Calf Champions League trophy, SCCL, I should say, and they don't have to worry about that. They're looking for some revenge on the rest of MLS. And I mean, take it with a grain of salt because the, the, the Rapids always start out slow. But they definitely bludgeoned them at Lumen. What was it, like 4-0 or something like that? Cool thing that we can say from this past weekend, the crowds. I mean, solid opening day numbers. I mean, almost 400,000 people were at MLS stadiums, which I, is, is amazing. You know, hope that trend continues all season long. Had two contests that had over 67,000, Charlotte and Atlanta. So, wonderful stuff there. Even Giannis joined a ownership group this past week, as now he's a part of the ownership group for Nashville City. So, exciting times all across the board. Definitely digging what little I've seen of Apple. You know, I actually gave quite a few free contests out yesterday. Gave us a little sample of what's going on there as far as the in-game experience. Yeah. Major thumbs up, like the production quality, very informational, graphics and all that stuff, and sure that they're only getting started as far as that goes. Still kind of weird not to have the local, the option of local broadcast, and kind of weird to have Fox televising the LAFC Portland game, and <laughs> Apple having their own crew doing it as well. So a lot of crazy scenes there. The beautiful ring the LAFC has, that black ring. You know, TIFO that they spot, sported. But, of course, that stadium-wide TIFO in St. Louis yesterday. So, 
looking forward to the beautiful game conversation next week. There's so much stuff that once I get a chance to distill and review, definitely going to have to comment on and maybe have a few opinions. All right. Well, we're trying to get through this on another snowy day. We've got the Lakers and Warriors on now. Lakers up by seven, just for a timestamp reference. But we'll see you on the other side. All right. As I see AD going to the line, let's get to our segment where we get to opinionate, editorialize, rant, or just talk trash for a few minutes. A closer look. You know, bouncing back off of the previous segment, The Beautiful Game Life, I'll start with this this week. You know what's really starting to get on my nerves? Whether it's in person, social media, or whatever. But the thin-skinned Americans and the need to be exceptional. Whenever somebody mentions football proper as football. And, you know, the, the, the lengths that these folks will go, the level of insulting and just posturing, you know, just showing that American exceptionalism. I'm not going to say I haven't been guilty of being childish in that way in my past. You know, I look back on that with, you know, major regret, you know, after getting enmeshed in, you know, football proper, as I like to say, because, you know, since I'm a fan of both, it's, Easier, you know, for to not offend those by just saying football proper. But that said, you know, when like I saw this article that um, they posted a link to on social media from the Atlantic. It was basically about the finances of European football, and you know, obviously they were looking at it in terms of possibly adopting a more Americanized model of this. Now, the amount of comments on social media. And people flexing was absolutely ridiculous. And just having this conversation yesterday you know, with the whole, you know, pro-wealth thing as far as wanting that to come to America when, you know, the reality is over at Europe, they're looking at the American model. We've talked about this before. And they're looking at their chops like saying, oh, no, these jakes know how to maximize profit instead of, you know, Get, get away from, you know, how do, I, how do I say this nicely? You know, it's, it's socialism for a few, but not socialism for everyone. You know, what you, what you, what they want, what, what the hard, you know, core European soccer fans and, you know, all the transplants who want to, want to see preserved there, which I have no argument as far as that goes. But I just get so wrinkled, you know, between the football fans and the football proper, and how there's just this idea, because people go, you know, why, what, what did the comments say? Before I start rambling, one of the comments was like, I wish they would stop trying to force this soccer garbage, to, you know, to us Americans. It's not working. And I'm sitting there thinking, oh, wait. You saw those numbers I brought up in the last segment. Two crowds, over 67,000, 400,000 people at the stadiums. I told you, you know, juxtapose that with the numbers from, you know, the USFL. Right? So, stop it. 
you know, or the WNBA. Don't tell me this is being forced upon you. Why are you so threatened by the beautiful game life? That I guess maybe that's what I'm really getting at. Because there's, there's room, you know, for love for everyone. But there just seems to be this whole idea, like, you shouldn't call it football. That's not football. Which, I mean, come on, folks. Stop. I mean, I guess it just stop it. You know, nothing wrong with, you know, being a red, white, and blue dying patriot. We've all got some of that in us. But you don't have to, like, take this exceptionalist route and, and be so dismissive. And almost to the point of, you know, showing your insecurity. You know, some of it's trolling, but you can also see some of these folks that actually believe this kind of nonsense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, let me switch over to the Southeastern Conference. Yeah, I was mentioning that I'd get back to this uh, a little bit later. You know, setting such a fine example... And whether that's Jalen Carter or the whole Brandon Miller thing, you know, and I was like watching, what was it, Wednesday night when Bama was playing Auburn and everybody was getting all thug life <laughs> in terms of trying to represent, you know, speaking of, I mean, I can't wait to talk next week about the whole job and rat situation. Far more worse than what I was talking in the NBA beat. But it's this kind of mentality, you know, obviously, you know, leading by example. Yeah, but I've been speaking about Georgia ever since they won the national championship, even before that, about, hey, Kirby, you all need to put a lid on this. And that was, you know, and I've, obviously, if you haven't been living under a rock, you know the whole situation now with Carter, who's probably going to be, well, he's projected to be a top five, top six pick in the draft. And, well, you know, facing, I don't know, it's, it, it is Athens and down in Georgia, so what probably should be a felony is probably going to somehow be brokered to be a misdemeanor, and I don't think it's going to affect this stock. But, as I said last week, and pretty much the three years I've been doing this, that the new normal is, you know, leading to some very toxic and dangerous situations. And, yes... Georgia has been very dominant on the gridiron, winning the last two national championships in impressive fashion. And of course, there's a lot of BDE. But when you have tragedy like this, you know, with the young lady and, you know, Carter's teammate passing away. And as I told you at the time, I didn't want to get too deep into it because I had a feeling this was the outcome, that, you know, they were all liquored up and, you know, out... They had the parade that day. It was a big celebration on campus. Everybody living their best lives. And, you know, somebody said last night, you know, a sense of invincibility probably had taken over. And, you know, a lot of tragic consequences and a lot of questionable things. You know, then, you know, going back to the whole Bama thing with Brandon Miller, still not sure what to make of it. But one thing we do know it's the kind of visibility the SEC could probably do without. Because we know, you know, as, I, as I've said many times, the numbers, what I tell you a few weeks ago, all these schools getting a $50 million, you know, nice payout to the conference. Hey, you all, we're all doing good here. Here's 50 mil. So there's a lot of money to be passed around. 
which is going to go to NIL and that sort of thing. And it's more bling, more flashy rides, more iron for these guys and gals to get their hands on. I was having a conversation, you know, last night about this. I don't really know. I mean, I think there are things that Congress and, and the courts were going to be able to do to bring some sanity to this. But now that the money's been put out there, we know we can't go back to that. It's just going to be a matter of, you know, the haves and have not. But we're in a situation now where not only are these folks, you know, targets because of their wealth, and, you know, we all were in college age and probably in college, and you kind of know what a, what a dingbat you, you probably were. And now you're, you know, putting this, I don't know, it, the genie that can't be put back in the bottle, at least, you know, find a way to get, you know, uh, a chaperone. <laughs> Especially, you know, you know, for some of these cats that are coming in here who, you know, are anywhere between 17 and 19. And then, you know, on the other end, these these hound dogs and dogettes who hang out a couple of extra years and just keep continuing to collect that gravy. <sighs> Interesting times we have over there on campus. All right, folks, I've rambled enough somehow. We'll be back and close this out with the NFL report on the other side. Time to close the books on episode 147, taking a look at another week in the NFL's offseason. Yeah, it's crazy that moving further and further away from the Chiefs' coronation once again and looking, you know, ahead to the future, which is looking very exciting as far as the No Fun League goes. I know, I think if you're Brian Flores, Definitely getting exciting. Why do I say that? Well, a judge has given the green light for Forrest to move ahead with his discrimination claims against the NFL. Of course, the league was hoping this would be settled by arbitration. Not all of his claims were considered valid, but at least he can move forward with this. And folks keep giving the guy a job. You know, insanity means crazy, I suppose, right? Okay. So what about this conversation that is starting to percolate? And this would center around, should roughing the passer be a reviewable choice? I don't know, because, and now, take this with a grain of salt, because I have a hard time believing this myself. But they say that 77 out of 80 infractions that were reviewed, doing some video analysis, 77 of the calls of roughing the passer turned out to be correct, and only three were questionable. Well, we watch enough football to know that's complete bull jive. <laughs> yeah? But nonetheless, it is interesting debate, and I'm glad the NFL is having it. Because haven't, haven't we here at the Foxhole definitely been on the side of, sure, review everything. You know, have a team over in Secaucus or wherever the hub is with direct communication. All of this stuff you can't tell me can't be handled in real time without affecting the pace or time of game. It, it, it's utterly ridiculous that we're still acting like it's 1948 out here when we have the technology to move forward. 
regardless of, of right that's another genie that's out of the bottle so we might as well embrace it and take advantage of it to its fullest yeah okay how about Eagles defensive back CJ card Gardner Johnson calling out former defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon who just got hired as a head coach for not putting the Eagles defense in a position to make plays in the Super Bowl <clears throat> well 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 I mean it was a tweet he pulled it down to his credit but you know what they say once it's out there and somebody does a a, a screen cap it's there forever so Yeah, the new landscape where you don't keep that kind of stuff in house, but now he's gone, so I guess, hey, why not, man? Hold me, hold me in bed than us. I don't have to keep it. He's the reason why. I could just say, on the other hand, yo, homie, maybe if you had made a couple of more plays on your end, it wouldn't have been on Gannon's shoulders. Very spicy, though, huh? Yeah, all right. Okay. You know, and speaking of, there's all kinds of people calling out the you know, front offices. Going to be a fun time we're going to camp. You know, with Ravens, Whiteout, Rashad Bateman, clapping back at general manager Eric DeCosta, who just, you know, the receiving corps by basically saying we haven't really had luck there, which, you know, is it, is it, is it the receivers? Is it Lamar? Is it Harbaugh? Who knows? But there's there's definitely the Popeye's chicken ain't popping over there in Baltimore. Or if we're gonna go wire esque, you know. <laughs> oh, I can't even think of the place. Lake Trout. It's, you know, right? Get that catfish sandwich at Lake Trout. <laughs> okay. So Aaron Rodgers earlier in the week said, you know, after he left the cave, you know, gotta see. Got his mojo back. The decision was coming soon. Well, shit. <laughs> Pardon my language. But it's Sunday, the 5th. I haven't heard Jack yet. So, yeah. Pollyanna gonna Pollyanna, I guess, when it comes to that guy. Um, Should the Bears trade or stick with George, Justin Fields? Gosh, such a tough one. You know, because people always say... If you don't have, if you draft the guy and it ain't the guy, you shouldn't hesitate to go back to the well and try again. But the I think there is so much discussion about Mr. Mr. Alabama, Mr. Bryce over there, and his Diet Pepper commercials being part of the family, that he's not big enough and he's too short, which is, you know, take that with a grain of salt, given the people... I mean, if if you if 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 you remember X or Max L, right? I should say if you remember if, if you're Max L XL, you know, got that hundred minute for the extra long second set. You you are that guy, and I don't. I mean, obviously, you're not going to see someone like Eddie LeBaron. You know, what was he like five six or five seven way back in the day? But these guys who are you know between five nine and five eleven. Now, if you've got the skills and you're on the right team, although someone goes, are you sure about that? Look at Kyler Murray. <laughs> Kyler Murray. Or <laughs> Kyler Error. 
See, that was a slip on my part. <laughs> or was it? Okay. Another thing that I find interesting this week, I brought it up last week, all the conversations surrounding Danny Dimes and what's going to come of his future and what does that mean for Saquon Barkley. Because as time goes on, they're thinking about tagging him. I know that, that I don't know what the number is right yet, but a lot of people are saying that maybe he he's asking for forty-five million a year, which you know as I already think is absolutely ridiculously insane. You can't tell me that's the going rate. I mean, he's got some skills, as I've acknowledged. You know, being a Commanders fan and being able to watch him up close two times a year, plus other division games. Not saying that. He isn't a talent, but $45 million? But the quite, but not to get sidetracked, because it really comes down to the whole Saquon thing. And I'm thinking if they have to give Danny Dimes the money, and Saquon says, well, let me get on the free market. Should a team like the Cowboys or a team like the Cuffs make a move, a team on the Cuffs make a move for him? I, th I would think so. I know he's had some issues in the past of being dinged up, but at least healthy and he motivated well could be interesting. I mean I can't see the Giants letting him go, but God if you're gonna give Danny Dimes the big bag, Saquon's gonna be where mine. Okay. You know, speaking of Bryce Young, I just mentioned him a second ago, Mr. Alabama Projected to go very early. You know, the hype train with him, and I'm not sure what to say because he didn't throw up the combine. Going to save his 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 Sunday best for being around his people and his facilities. No, not, nothing big there. You know, when you're, when you're, a, you're projected to go in the top 10, I don't see you falling out of that. Lakers-Warriors game getting kind of interesting. Lakers with a big lead, but we'll see how that lasts over four quarters. Can I say, I'm, not I'm wondering if uh, Chef Curry is going to return for this game. I know he's, his, his return's imminent, so we'll be keeping an eye on that. So are the Rams going to trade Jalen Ramsey? Which would make sense. You know, we talked extensively over you know the last year and a half about the Rams going all in, getting the ring, and basically you know, trying to, seeing how long it can last, but basically going all in, getting the ring, and now you've got to reset. Going to be kind of curious that with Ramsey out the door, does Aaron Donald retire? Do they move on from Stafford? You know, what's McVay going to do after flirting for so long with the whole idea of going to Amazon and making lots of money? You know, obviously he's committed to whatever rebuild the Rams think they need to come up with. Because obviously if they're telling Mr. Ramsey, you know, hit the bricks. Interesting times over there in Inglewood. Okay. As predicted, Atlanta Falcons send Marcus Mariota back to the unemployment office. Is this it for Marcus? Or is he can just continue from year to year to collect paychecks. And I think that's what might happen if he's not bored and not, not really constrained about his health. 
I think that's kind of the outcome. I, don't, I would imagine he's got some more football left. But, boy, you got to wonder it not really working out in Atlanta. You know, right? Basically getting, getting sent to the bench, sent home so Desmond Ritter could get some time. Yeah. Bucks part ways with uh, Leonard Fournette. I guess that was mutual. You know, another team like the Rams that are probably, now that Brady has walked out of the building, and I see Chef Curry is in uniform, so okay. Okay, so we're finishing up this podcast, not really getting all the details. Lakers still lead by 15, but it's like 120 and change in the first quarter. How about the sod father, George Toma, saying he's done with the NFL after the Super Bowl fiasco? You know anything about George Toma and his legacy as being, you know, the guru of groundskeepers? Said that they totally dropped the ball, watered the field too much, and just made a quagmire of everything. So... He basically says, nah, 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 I, I, I'm done with another fun league, which I think is kind of interesting. Um, yeah, NFL, typical, just kind of, you know, being arrogant and just kind of blowing off instead of kind of saying, yeah, you know, we definitely effed up. How about the Lakers over here with like two air balls in a row on possessions and still they lead by 15? Boy, what a mess. Okay, they dropped the renderings of the new Bill Stadium. Looks kind of cool, but yeah, I'm not that wild yet. Maybe you know I'll be more excited from the finished product. But you know I've got to think at this point with stadiums, every time a new one comes out, I should be like, oh my goodness, this is just crazy. Wow, look at this nonsense. Okay. So let's see here. Might as well end this segment, or this part of the segment. Now, let me before that talk about another interesting milestone or turning the corner. You know, legendary referee Jerome Boger retiring after 19 seasons, and of course the internet being undefeated. What do they do on his day that he retires? They send him off by trolling him with all of his bad missed calls over the 19 years. Don't know where people find this stuff or how they get, you know, collect all this video. But yeah, I thought that was pretty funny. Okay, let's get some humor here. The, the Commanders kicking the can on Carson Wentz after one season. Is he finished? Well, I like Mariota. If somebody wants to, like, you know, cut him a check to hold the clipboard, I can see it happening. But you have to think, from his pride standpoint, he would probably be done. You know, I think it was... This kind of falls into the whole NL, NFLPA, you know, taking a survey of all the, you know, asking the players who has the worst facilities and all that stuff. You know, the commanders coming in last. Shockingly, the Chiefs getting some bad grades. I mean, it was a very provocative, but and at the same time revealing list in terms of, you know, what the Cardinals charged players to, you know, <laughs> when they come to the facility, when you, they get served food, and I know that all kinds of debates there. Well, you know, you are a million dollars. Why do you have to like? I, you know, right? Jacksonville with a major rat infestation. Yeah, I should. I mean, I want to like really dig into this before I start giving out some TMCA awards, which is a perfect segue so we can get out of here and 
getting this podcast live in the pod sphere. So, okay. Time for TMCA time. You know, we hand out the stainless steel bowls of the smelliest of varieties for people whose deeds in the sports world deserve it, right? Or just being that dude or that chick. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Obviously, you know, I'm a basketball program. I told you about them acting all thug against Auburn. Brandon Miller with the whole pat down. Really? Really? That's a three strip. Three XLs, man. Come on, man. The level of tone deafness on some of these folks, you know, right? We're not talking, you know, like somebody got their Bluetooth speaker stolen. We're talking somebody got murdered. You know, maybe not be such a POS and actually be a decent human being. Is that too much to ask? Apparently, in the case of some of these fools. Just saying. Um, okay, and another one that deserves... Okay, this is going to be a five-strip. This is something I saw firsthand. Okay. So, I was watching the match last week, uh, PSG, in a big match with their rival, Marseille, and Presno uh, Kimpembe, who also plays on the French national team, fighting injuries, you know, pretty much the last two seasons, ruptured his Achilles, Achilles tendon, and I'm on, after, after the match, one of the guys, is what I see, PSG, INT, He's a big vlogger. He's celebrating it like it's Christmas. I mean, foaming at the mouth. But I'm like, how could you ever be happy, even if you don't think he's a good fit? Which, you know, he's had his moments in Champions League where I wanted to strangle him myself. I would never be happy about him being injured like that. And, you know, even when folks tried to tone this guy down, you know, as far as the little form that was going on there, he doubled and tripled down on it. Just absolutely disgusting. Okay. Um, I'm going to give a XL to, ESP, to woke ESPN. And the never-ending persecution of Dan Snyder. You notice how they always like to come out with these big exposés. Like, you know, this is what they did with this, you know, chicken revenue scam, blah, blah, blah. And none of this shit ever goes anywhere. Pardon my language. But, right, you know, oh, well, Congress is getting ready to hammer this. Or they're going to force him to sell. And if he sells, if he doesn't. It just cracks me up how ESPN has this, you know, almost vulture-like. And then wants to pat itself on the back. And it's just like, ugh. You know, you'll never hear me defend Snyder. The guy's garbage. But this never-ending attempt to like vilify and persecute by persecuted by certain um, media outlets—it's absolutely disgusting. Okay. Um, okay, I'm gonna give a regular to Keandre Miller. We talked about him earlier—the whole spitting incident with Drew Doherty. You know. He says he was it on purpose. That's the only reason why you're getting the, you're not gonna get an XL. I mean, I'm gonna like try to give you the benefit of the doubt here, but you're still spinning. I gotta give you a regular at least. Okay, I'm gonna give three XLs, another three strip to NFL Films for not destroying your raunchy stash 
of TNA videos that you capture with fans and cheerleaders? How did you think somebody wasn't going to come across this or find this to be utterly offensive, if not downright disgusting? Come on, be better, be better than that. Okay, we'll give the last two out, to, you know, to some non-sports folks before getting out of here. Um, Gotta give an XL to this Raquel, what is it, Sarah Sawate, for claiming to be a person of color, and she said she was of Latin, Asian, and Arabic descent, and being an activist for a senior inclusive office for people of color, social justice group in Philadelphia. Anyways, and her mom out there is saying, oh no, she's whiter than alpine snow. You know, being like that other freakazoid. Yeah, how what, what, the, the stuff these people come up with as far as their imagination is concerned. Uh, gee whiz. Wow. Okay, and I'm going to give an XL also to Megan Kelly. Really? Mocking Samantha Guthrie for getting COVID-19 for a third time? You know, I mean, I almost, you know, I'm not going to get disgusting and vulgar on her because this isn't, but the kind of look she had on her face mocking her He's got to wonder. She just was enjoying that far too much. Come on, Megan Kelly. You can be better than that. All right. It's been another week of the Foxhole. Crazy stuff there. Lakers are starting to fall apart, even though they still lead by 12, 10, 20 in the second quarter. Something tells me they ain't going to be able to hold on there. All right, folks. Be safe. Enjoy adult beverages. Keep out of trouble. A lot to talk about next week because there's already things that have happened, as I just pointed out a few moments ago. Looking forward to episode 148 as we continue to wind down season five. A lot of other cool stuff on the horizon. Just be patient, folks. It's always getting better. See you soon.